What is up, everybody, and how's it going? I'm Alex Goldstick, and you are listening to the Spring Forward Podcast. Welcome to our 10th episode. While the interview in today's episode with Team South Safety Michael Iguagu was recorded on Friday, the day before the Spring League's first doubleheader on April 7th, we are posting on Sunday night. In that doubleheader, Team West defeated Team North 30-13 behind a player of the game performance by quarterback Brian Scott. In Game 2, quarterback Johnny Manziel made his return to the football field for the first time since December 2015 and performed well despite his Team South losing to Team East in a close one, 11-7. Each team will get one more game this Thursday, April 12th. Now, live from Austin in his hometown, our interview with Michael. Michael Ify Iguagu is a safety for Team South at the Spring League, where he is competing in his native Austin, Texas. He's a University of Texas San Antonio alum and got a taste of the pros with the Bears in the summer of 2017. He's also been unofficially dubbed by me as the most interesting man at the Spring League for reasons that we'll hit on later, but for now, let's welcome Mike on the Spring Forward. Hey, what's up, guys? So we had Joe Anderson, wide receiver Joe Anderson, on yesterday as the first Texan on Spring Forward. Um, but you're the first true Austin native on the pod. Uh, you played at Connolly High School right here in town. Uh, so what's it been like getting to play again in your hometown? It's lovely, man. It's lovely. Um, just really, I think it's it's funny how things all really come full circle. Um, I was talking with Sean Clinch, a guy that covered me whenever I was a, uh, he's a KVU news reporter that covered me whenever I was in high school. And um, I was really just telling him, it's like, you know, everything happens for a reason. There's a reason why it's in Austin, Texas. There's a reason why I've been in Austin, Texas. And it's just a cool experience for me to be able to go through in my hometown. And I forgot to mention also that this is episode 10. So it's a nice round number. And <laughs> it's good to celebrate it with someone who, who's who's home. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, you stayed semi-local for college. I mean, San Antonio is down the road about an hour. Is mm-hmm. that right? About an hour and a half, um, yeah. Attending UTSA, where where you were a roadrunner for four seasons. Yeah. Uh, give me the highlights of your college career, and what gave you the belief while you were there that you were ready for the next level of football? Um. Okay. So, highlights while I was there, I would have to say, um, one after having my kidney removed uh, right before my senior season, and then having arguably probably the best season I've had all four years. Um, and we'll as, get to that senior season. <laughs> as far as what gave me the confidence, I'd have to probably say the coaching staff. Um, I had a, a, a very amazing, whenever I first came in, position coach in Perry Eliano, and then head coach in Larry Coker. And, you know, Larry Coker's coached guys like Ed Reed and, you know, all these other guys from Miami when they were the, the actual U. And for him to come up to me and be like, hey, you remind me of Ed Reed. You play like Ed Reed. Um that just gave me, oh, man, a surplus amount of confidence. And then whenever the icing on the cake is whenever we got LSU head uh, coach uh, as our head coach, Coach Frank Wilson, and he just instilled this crazy amount of just, like, dog savage in me to where, I mean, if you're hurt, it doesn't matter. I'll play with one arm. I'll play with one leg. Like, he's such a savage, and I, I love it really great coach and um that is what allowed me to really believe that you know I, I can go to the next level and thrive on the next level while we're on the subject of coaching for a second your defensive coordinator and position coach Pete Golden 
uh, was recently hired by Alabama to coach the linebackers, but it's widely speculated that he'll be named defensive coordinator there. Yeah. Um, I don't want to put UTSA down, but Alabama's a, a different caliber. No, 100%. Um, you were second-team all-conference under him, and again, we'll get to the stats of your senior season next, but uh, what can the Crimson Tide defense look forward to under Coach Golding? The thing about Coach Golding is he is a one-player's coach, but that man is a genius. He is a genius. We, um, I forgot, basically our defense was like the jack-of-all-trades, whatever your flavor was. Coaches, they had us in a position as far as the safeties go to where they saw you playing deep thirds. They saw you playing deep halves. They saw you rolling down in the box. We didn't do strong safety or free safety. Everybody had to play strong and free if you were safety. All we did is left and right invert. So depending on the formation and this, this, and that, we would just switch uh, strong and free. And that to me, that that was the first time I've ever done something like that. But... um, Playing for Coach Golding is it was a different experience. There's so much he he's one of those coaches that allows so much freedom for his guys, but you know at the end of the day, everything you're doing is under his supervision. Uh, he's he's an amazing coach. You think Bama might have the athletes to pull off the uh, the deep his defense? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. We did too. So you're a safety that's known for having a really good nose for the ball, being able to prevent the big play. Um, you know, st- or stopping big plays from becoming even bigger ones. Mm-hmm. Um, your senior season, you were in second team All Conference USA honors. Um, that included 83 tackles, seven and a half tackles for loss, eight passes defended, defensed. There's, I don't know, world football world speculation on what that <laughs> term is. Uh, one interception, two forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery. Um, that being said, reading some of your draft profiles, some have questioned your top end speed and think you might be better suited as a linebacker where you played in high school. Um, It also seems that at every stop along the way of your career, you're recognized as a really well-respected leader. Um, So break down your game for us and where you see yourself playing at the next level if you had your way. If I had my way at the next level, I would love to play strong safety for a team that loves a very physical and intelligent football player. Um, I would not mind at all playing outside linebacker for any program. Outside linebacker to me is that's cake. That's easy. That's a walk in the park. I can do that. I can wake up out of my sleep and go play outside linebacker. I'm sorry. But <laughs> um, I would just love to. I'd love to play strong safety, rover, uh, outside linebacker for any program. I think, like you said, man, I think I bring a certain level of versatility to whatever program that I'm a part of. And, um, yeah, I would just I would love to play that in the NFL. And what what got into you senior year? Was it was it maturity? Was it uh, getting used to a system? Something clicked? It was Coach Wilson. Because if I'm being honest, I played my senior year at about 60%. Because of your surgery. Yeah. I was 60%, man. And I, I felt it throughout every game, you know, uh, slowing me down a bit. But the mentality that I was able to just – just get into that 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 zone that Coach Wilson helped me just really unleash. It's really a savage mode to where, you know, I didn't give a dang if my leg was falling off. I was going to go out there and just, you know, give him my all. Um, but, yeah, senior season, I think the biggest change for me was my mentality because of Coach Wilson. He, he, he was really the sole, uh, sole factor in that. So you finish your senior season, and by summer you're in rookie minicamp with the Bears. Um, if you're at 60% your senior season, how are you feeling when summer comes around? So summer comes around towards the end of the season during the bowl game. 
um, I got better throughout the season progressed. And then I went and spent three, four months at the Michael Johnson Performance Center, isolated. We did a month and a half of just pure uh, rehabilitation, um, working on my lower ab muscles that got affected by the surgery. And, I mean, probably two and a half months of being at MJP, I'm back at 100%. And so... I go out, I have my pro day, and then I get up to Bears camp, and man, I'm fooling, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling uh, top notch, you know. And um, so they, they got me there, and I'm rotating in. First day, I think I was like at the four, fourth string or something, because you know they just put us wherever. And then by the second day, I'm rotating in. Me and uh, Eddie Jackson for, that they drafted from the uh, fourth round or whatever. It was me, him going in, and then another guy, Dallas. We were all rotating in, and um, coaches said that they loved me. They said that they loved me. They said that they wanted to bring me back in for fall camp. Um, before that, though, I mean, the San Francisco 49ers said that they were going to draft me in the fifth round. End up going with a guy from Florida. So you learned very quickly what the business of sports is oh, like. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. There's, there's, no, uh, there's no loyalty or award is bond, which I don't expect that. It's business, you know. So I didn't take it hard. But, yeah, so I go up to Chicago. They end up not pulling the trigger, and then – I'm back in Austin. But that summer, made, it still makes you feel like you belonged, how you performed there. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. If anything, that was the validation I needed. Because um, at MJP, I mean, you're around these guys that, you know, you have combine guys, you have guys that are just going to be doing pro day, and you're around all these guys, and I'm seeing how I stack up to them. You'd have, um, I don't know his name, but running back, he was with, with Detroit Lions, Amir something. He'd come in, and me and him, we're doing drills together, and I'm like, Oh, he's human. <laughs> like they bleed the same blood, you know. Uh, just, just really innocent thoughts of uh, you know somebody who hasn't been around NFL players. So you get there and you start getting acclimated to it, and you realize that, dude, I'm just as good as these people. And I go to Chicago Bears camp, and I was like, oh shoot, I'm better than a lot of these people. <laughs> uh, but. You know how the situation played out. I just didn't get picked up in the in the draft. I didn't get picked up by the Bears, and so uh, yeah, back in Austin training, and then I hear about the spring league. Did and we'll definitely get to the spring league. But did, did do you take any time? And it's your profession. But do you take any time when you're in Chicago? Just look around and say, "This is the NFL. This is crazy." No, not really. Or this is really nice. Look at all this gear. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's 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 more so of a like. I don't know. For for me, I'm weird though because when. It, Whenever I'm in the moment of anything, I don't really realize how, you know, significant or just monumental the moment is until I look back on it days later. Or if I look at a picture that was taken from that little experience, I'll look at that and be like, dude, what? I was I was with an NFL team like that's some real stuff right there. But no, in the moment, um, it's one of those things you're just so focused on the day to day that you don't even realize that you're in it. You know, so let's get to the spring league. How do you find out about it? How do you? How long until you find out about it? Until you get accepted, and and it's in your hometown, and yeah. and that's a fairly easy commute. Yeah. yeah. So, um, before the spring league, so after Chicago Bears camp, I was pretty devastated, man. I was devastated for like probably I'll give myself three days. It wasn't that much, I, I, but I was devastated whenever I got home. Um, I remember going to a lake in Austin, Flukerville Lake, and I had just bought the book The Alchemist. And I read The Alchemist probably, like, you know, one day for sure. Um, and it just taught me and confirmed so much that your journey is the treasure more than, like, 
oh, I got to get here, I got to get here, I got to get here, and then I'll find the, the treasure or feel the treasure. But all these experiences that I'm going through are for a purpose, and it's the, uh, it's the, it's the experiences that you get out of them. You know, it's, that's the fruit. And so I remember looking on social media one day after I read The Alchemist, and I find my mentor, Timothy Sykes, in the stock market. He had just posted a picture of, like, a blue Lamborghini and a Ferrari. I'm just like, who is this guy? Like, flashy McJones or whatever. And, um, but I start looking at his stuff, and he actually knows what he's talking about. So, I'm still working out, mind you, in this this whole time period because I'm, like, I'm not dropping the fact. Like, you go up there and you realize just how good you are compared to these other players. Now I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm super hungry now. So, I'm still working out in this time period. And um, I'm teaching myself the stock market from my mentor's course. And so we'll get to the spring league, but <laughs> it's, it's all it's a big story. But in a matter of <clears throat> so, – Most interesting man in the spring league. <laughs> <laughs> so from the time bears dropped me, probably like a week, two after, I'm studying the stock market all the way until about December, taught myself how to trade stocks. So I'm day trading and training for the NFL simultaneously and – Okay, most people say that they study, man. But when I tell you, I put, I took out the blinds in my room, right? Or I left the blinds. I mean, I took out the little curtains and I put nothing in my in my room. There's nothing but dark curtains. I turned it into a legit basement because for me, like I told you, I'm big on the mentality of it. I had to fully just submerse in this idea, like, okay, right now you're in the you're in the basement. It's grind mode. You don't need to be out partying. You don't need to be socializing. I got off of Instagram. I, I, I don't really get on Twitter, but got off on social media like we were talking about. Just really unplugged from everything, and I just went to work. And I'm studying literally, man, 16, 17, 18 hours a day. I'll wake up probably 7 in the morning, get into the market, study some stocks that are running, get into the market about 8.30, Trade the market from 8.30 to 3 p.m. Central. And then I will study. And these videos, these webinars that I'm studying are like an hour and a half, two hours a piece. And I'm digesting like four or five, like back to back to back. Taking a break to use the restroom. You know, taking a break to eat. And so you listen to this podcast right back. double speed. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I put the podcast on, yeah, times two. Listening to podcasts, I'm just digesting everything. In my free time, I'm going to a park and I'm reading books and like... I just feel like this beast that is just being pumped with nothing but, like, knowledge and whatever. Um, and all the while, I'm training as well, so I'm fitting that in there. <clears throat> but my agent approaches me because we got we got offered CFL during that time. I turned down the CFL. I was like, I'd rather trade stocks right now. Um, I love football, don't get me wrong, but for me, it's NFL or nothing. Um yeah, and uh, and so fast forward, my agent tells me about the spring league and that it's going to be in Austin, Texas, and I'm already on this whole kick of like everything happens for a reason, like feeling super just I don't know spiritual or whatever, and I was like, there's no coincidence that it's in my hometown right now, and so um, I, I heard you know of course I heard Johnny's going to be in it, Menzel, um, it's going to bring out some great exposure. Um, I heard Brian Woods was a great commissioner, and um, my agent was saying nothing but good things about it. So I was like, yeah, for sure, I'll do it. 
I'll do the spring leg. So tell us what it. So what it's been like the last week now since uh, since non quarterbacks and receivers checked in. They were here a day early, but what's what's it been like on the field? Yeah, I mean it's been really good. There's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of talent here. It's great competition. Um, the practices are they're very organized. They're very swift. It reminds me of our practices in college, actually. Um, but I love it. I love it. Um, scouts are coming in and out. And, you know, the biggest thing whenever you're at any type of showcase or, or something that uh, you want to gain exposure for is you want to make sure that there's, you know, scouts there or NFL. They're there. CFL. They're coming yeah, in and they, out. They're, yeah, they're, they're all here coming in and out. So, um, but it's been great, man. It's been great on the field. Seriously. And, and the coaching staff, do you recognize any of the names or any even the Team South players outside of Johnny that you've been suited up with? Yeah, I recognize Lake Seastruck. Um, I think at Conley, before I got there, Conley actually played Lake, and he ran up, down, left, right, all over us. Because um, you weren't there yet. Because I wasn't there. That's the exact reason. <laughs> no, but um, – I recognize him. Me and Dylan, we've really been able to connect. He's uh, Dylan Haynes. Dylan Haynes, safety at UT. Austin boys. He's into real estate, so we're always talking about something in finance, money. Um, but, yeah, yeah, there's some guys here. So you come from a strong family of football players and athletes. Uh, your brother, Martin, also played at UT. Um, your cousin, is it I.K. Enekpali? That's close. Enekpali, yeah. Okay. Has spent four seasons in the NFL. His sister, also your cousin Nico, was a basketball player for UT, drafted in the WNBA by the Storm in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you get out of having people so close to you be in a similar prof- profession and position as you might be? I think it's the... Um, and all older than you, right? Yeah, all older than me. I'm the, I'm the baby of all of us. But I think it's what you're talking about. It goes back to the, the confidence and that like self-assurance of knowing I belong in this professional athlete realm. My brother, who's a personal trainer with Nike, um, he's taking me through Nike workouts that are very synonymous to the workouts that I was going through at Michael Johnson Performance Center. So I was like, okay, so the shift from working out there at this big facility and working out with my brother, it's not much different. So, okay, I'm good there. And then my cousin Ike introduces me to a uh, personal trainer, I'm not working with him anymore. I'm working with a DB coach that actually uh, had trained Aaron Ross at UT. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I've got a quality. Yeah, I'm like, I got, I got a quality, you know, DB coach. Uh, so I'm not missing much there either. Um, but yeah, it, just coming from a family that has been involved in professional sports just gives you that assurance, that confidence, man. So back to the most interesting man in the in the spring league stuff. We <laughs> day trader check. Football player, check. Uh, you're also a music producer. Yeah. You're a rapper, singer. Yeah. You go by Iffy. Iffy, yeah. yeah. My um, and we were also talking about on the field putting together an influencer marketing company. Uh, just take us through what you're doing. And, <laughs> and, and you know, we talked about the, the, the money and the football, but how do you find time in your day to do everything you're doing? <laughs> what did I miss? So I, I, have, I have a wonderful business partner. I have a wonderful personal assistant. I have a wonderful another business associate and then some other business connects that I work with that all make everything so easy because um, so if I had to break it down in like a tree branch, picture me like right here. I, I don't want to say at the top, but picture me right here 
and there's a segment that branches off and like let's say it's music over here okay to my left in the segment that's branching down for the people that are listening um in the music realm now you have people that are just involved with the music you know i have another buddy who's an artist we grew up together we actually did a show in philadelphia they flew us out when we were in high school um he's solely focused on the music my business partner and I, um, he helps me with everything. Um, my buddy Christian, he's the one that I trade the stocks with day in and day out. He comes to my house every single morning. We're looking at the same place together. Um, so it's more of like a, it's 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 definitely a campaign, man. That conglomerate. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, I'm gonna turn it into something beautiful. Uh, there's so many different moving pieces all at once. Um. But it doesn't get out of hand because I have a great support team uh, helping me out with everything. But yeah, yeah. Does that does that make football easier or harder for you? I mean, I think for a lot of guys, fo- they're here because this is this is their profession. They're right. qualified to be football players. Their passion is football, and that's what they want. But for you, it's just a passion. I mean, it, it can turn into a profession and a very high paying one at that. Right. But you've got these other things that you're good at, right. clearly. Um, does that make it easier mentally to deal with the success and the failure of what might come I, athletically? I think 100% it makes it way easier because you're just out there having fun. Um, and and don't, don't make no mistake, you know, I, I put my all into every single thing I do. Um, I give my best. I love playing football, and I'm very passionate about it. And whenever I'm focused on something, I'm solely focused on that which is the reason why I have other guys in place to keep things moving while I focus on this. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you – so to some people, it's actually an advantage whenever football is your only way out, you know what I mean? And without football, you're going to be starving on the street or something like that. To some people, that's an advantage. But I think to a lot of people, it makes it such a stressor that a lot of times you can get in your own head and you can psych yourself out. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's very, football becomes therapeutic. It becomes a a physical relief for me and being a part, it, it, it allows me to put an emphasis on the, um, the camaraderie of football, um, actually getting to build relationships with my teammates, build relationships with the coaches instead of, cause I can get very cutthroat. You get what I'm saying? On the field, I can get very cutthroat. But instead of just, I used to, whenever football was literally the only thing that I had, I used to zone in and be a bit of like a, uh, an a-hole sometimes because it's like, I don't care about none of your feelings, none of your personality. I'm here to play ball. That's it. You know, but you get to a point, you just like, you don't have to be that guy. For me, at least, coming from where I came from, man, you know, you, you, uh, there's some personality traits that you, <laughs> that you get, you know, that I had to really figure out how to uh, taper down. So, yeah, it's definitely a stress reliever for me. Well, and to wind it down and to play draft analyst for a second, I mean, I think what you're describing is a lot of what we hear on these these draft analysis shows about a a quarterback like Josh Rosen at UCLA. You know, he needs to be intellectually stimulated, this and that. That's a negative for football. But, I mean, football is such an intellectual game. If if you've watched any – well, I mean, I've never been in the inside of a – until the spring league, I've never been in the inside of a a position meeting. But – it's a job. Football. I mean, it, it's not just working out and, no. and learning schemes and where is your teammate supposed to be and networking, like you said. I mean, it's the ultimate team game, and yeah. to me that's an advantage, and I think I see that in you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I agree. 
So thank you for coming on Spring Forward. You're, uh, this will probably be posted after the game, but tomorrow you, you put on pads for the first time and playing a game since when? Since last year's bowl game in New Mexico. Yeah, probably right. about a year and a half, actually, yeah. Ready to hit somebody. Yeah, ready to knock them out. I want some turnovers, man. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, thank you for joining us on Spring Forward, and good luck. Thank you, brother. That will bring us to the end of Episode 10 of Spring Forward. Egg recorded seven tackles and had a pass breakup in the end zone for Team South on Saturday evening. Tickets for Game 2 in Austin are still available. Head to thespringleague.com to pick up tickets for Team South's matchup against Team East and Team West's matchup against Team North. Games are at 5.30 p.m. and 8 p.m. local time. One ticket gets you into both games. You can follow the Spring League on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at the Spring League. And you can follow me on Twitter at AGStick and on Instagram at ThisIsMyOtherIG. All music in this episode was provided to Spring Forward by Joshua Rosner. More from Austin coming soon. Later. Later.